Chapter 31 Casey walked briskly out the dining room doors. Underhill was restless, the quartz and crystal veins in the walls glowing and retreating and glowing again. She wanted to trace their lines, soothe the mountain palace, but she couldn't afford to get lost or turn it around. She walked instead with hardly a glance at the veins. Puddles of mysterious liquids gathered in the shadowed recesses of the tunnels and their intersections, forcing her to jump over them. Alcoves with statues leered at her. Laughter came from everywhere at once, and she scowled at the path in front of her, annoyed that the mountain wasn't tired out after the revel. They usually helped it calm for a few days. And hadn't she done enough for Underhill lately? Saving its librarian, unfurling the plot against its fey queen and heir? Didn't it owe her something? A bat buzzed low, and she felt the breeze stir the hair on the back of her neck. Scowling, she passed a set of pixie guards, and then later a set of sprite guards, finally reaching the library doors. The doors welcomed her in, and she leaned against their strong wooden slant, breathing in the sight of the library. Last night, she'd been wrong. Her bedroom was just where she slept and bided her time until she could come back here. This was home. This old front desk with its shadows of old ink stains. This fireplace with the fire cheerfully and magically always burning. The candles that lit at her presence. The books who rustled and whispered for her. And Jerry, who was somewhere, setting it all to rights. She reached under the desk, her fingers finding the familiar fabric. She pulled it out and stared at the apron. It had been mended and washed. A small insignia of Underhill now graced the top left corner with the library's quill underneath. She brushed the silver crown with its four antler prongs and the five stars sticking out of it. The apron had been tailored to add her three assistant inches. She reached under again and found her dagger box. She opened it and stared at it nestled inside. Next to the box was a belt with a scabbard that had been cut down to size. She belted it comfortably around her waist, feeling the strangely lopsided weight of the dagger resting on her right hip. She practiced drawing it. Heavy, even steps came from behind her. Casey? I'm here, she replied, making sure her dagger was back in the scabbard correctly. Jerry emerged from the center aisle, yawning once. You could have come in later. It was a revel night, and you had just fought some high fae. She flushed and bit her lip. I like it here. His face softened. I know you do. I I was so worried, she whispered. Jerry nodded. Lady Gita informed me that I had been missing for five days and unconscious afterwards for another day. To me, however, I simply turned a corner in the archives and then I woke up in my bed. She laughed, a strangled sort of sound. That's it? She thought back on those moments when she'd felt the weight of the whole library on her shoulders, the wondering where Jerry had been taken, the fear for him and for the library, for her future. He put a gnarled hand on her shoulder. The leathery texture of his palms scratched reassuringly on her skin. I'm sorry. I can see how much pain I inadvertently caused. No, she said, looking up. Both his eyes were focused on her as she continued. It was those high fae. Not you. Well, Lord Brizard is currently weeping in iron chains in the dungeons. 
and I doubt we'll see Sir Sawyer ever again, Jerry said. They will live long lives regretting their decisions. As it should be, Casey whispered. It felt harsh to wish, wish Iron's acidity on any fay, but they'd hurt her mentor, endangered her life multiple times, attacked Gilmore, and all because they weren't allowed to compete for Lady Gita's hand. Their privilege was as astounding as it had been toxic for the court. So how were they getting into the library? Ah, Jerry said, settling onto the stool. That's actually fascinating. Jerry waited, as, or Casey waited as Jerry marshaled his thoughts, his gold eye whirling up and around the library doors as if he could see the spells anchoring them. Maybe he could. So, they found the crypt of an ancient librarian down in the catacombs, Jerry said, and inside were old implements of the trade. He patted the sword at his side, a quill, a dagger, and a copy of a favorite book, all still keyed as belonging to the librarian. He shook his head, wherein those identified them as belonging to the library itself. In its simplicity, it was pretty genius, Casey said. So they used the library against itself. Constantly, Jerry said. Lord Brizard had the quill and the book on him. He claims Sir Sawyer had the dagger when he escaped. She nodded, feeling guilty for that. Did they say how they stole the librarian's implements? Jerry sombered, his expression going still. They awoke the librarian's corpse to rummage through the bottom. His cold eye rolled backwards. That missing fay, the sprite? He was fed to occupy it. Casey wrapped her arms around herself. How, how did they determine that? He stared steadily at her. Do you want to know? Shivering, she thought about that and shook her head. She didn't want those images living in her head and said, no. The sprite. They came from Lord Brizard's family estate. His family will wish seeds some blood rites. So that was something. There will be a trial, Jerry sighed heavily. We might need your testimony about the fight. Unease crawled up her back, but she nodded. After investigating, we determined that they used the same technique with the pocket realm. We think two of the books were decorations to anchor it more fully as archives in the library's awareness. The other two were targeted at the humans. The summoning, Casey whispered, leaning on the desk. Exactly. They were preparing for human mages to be their captives. But not only humans. No. One room was clearly intended for the Fai Fei, he replied. We think Lady Gita herself, if they weren't able to thwart the summoning or kidnap the humans. Casey shivered, thinking on a captive Lady Gita. Underhill had been restless with Jerry missing. Imagine if it had been their heir. Fill me in on what Lady Gita couldn't have known, Jerry said, walking to settle into the large chairs by the fireplace. You and uh, Lord Gilmore seem to have come to a working understanding after your rough start. His green eye gleamed once. Casey followed him, collecting her thoughts. She started at the beginning with their first foray into the archives, but then had to circle backward to give him the background. Jerry asked probing, insightful questions, and at the mirrors and transmit of Gilmore, he stilled entirely. 
And how did you break it? He interjected. A kiss, she whispered. Jerry's gold eye rolled forward to her. Ah, I see where the queen got the idea. Casey's eyes bugged outward. The queen kissed you? Indeed, Jerry said serenely. We have a history. His ears, though, were starkly pink in the firelight. A history, Casey repeated. She was once a young heir before she became the queen. She'll have a history after she steps down, too, Jerry replied. Casey swallowed her many, many questions. But, but I didn't tell the queen about the kiss. Ah, but her son might have, Jerry replied. Ooh, stars above, Casey now wanted the floor to swallow her whole. The queen knew about that kiss with Gilmore. She had to look at the fire to regain her composure. A kiss like that only worked with a mutual foundation. She risked a look at Jerry, and from his blush, he was probably thinking about his kiss, too. So, uh, <clears throat> after the mirror, he prompted. She continued with the in-between time when she had kept the library open and Gilmore had roamed its aisles at night. At the second time they'd gone down, Jerry stirred and raised a hand. A tea set with scones appeared. Casey looked at the sundial as well after dawn, and they should be opening up. But Jerry seemed settled. They reached the second encounter with the mirror, and Jerry frowned. I always thought that mirror was too dangerous. Too dangerous? Casey asked. Objects that grow too strong, we destroy, Jerry replied, or we bury them so deep into Underhill's bedrock that the mountain will never let them loose. Casey shivered. It might deserve that. But what did it require this time? There was a knowing quality to Jerry's question, but that was something for later. Casey told him about Gilmore's truth and then hesitated at hers. Finally, she said... It wanted me to reveal myself fully to a fae who was currently within the bounds of the library. Jerry frowned. The mirror has never cared about the nakedness before. Casey coughed. Ah, but that's not what to meant, Jerry said as he realized it, both eyes focused on Casey. It meant to something else? Casey nodded miserably. You have a secret. She nodded again, more hesitantly. And you're afraid of what it might mean to reveal it. Jerry leaned in the seat, the teacup looking tiny, with his gnarled fingers wrapped around it like shaggy lightning bolts. Have you chosen who? Casey looked up. Who? I mean, would saying Gilmore's name out loud make it a choice? She wanted to laugh, but knew it'd sound as bitter as she was angry. I mean, the mirror was trying to stir up trouble. Jerry sighed. It lives for that. But it accidentally gave you a choice. I was in the library. <laughs> She'd been mentally preparing to be exiled by the queen's son and hadn't thought further, but as she looked around the interior of a paper and leather stronghold, would the realm's librarian be any different? You can still choose Lord Gilmore. He has a soft spot for you. So whatever this secret, he would likely do whatever is in his power to smooth it over, Jerry said. You haven't killed a fae, have you? No! Committed treason against the queen? No. Conspired in any way against the library? He sounded the sternest now, and she had to smile. No, no, nothing like that. And then I can't imagine what would be so life-altering, Jerry replied. 
And if it's that you love Lord Gilmore, you can tell me. I won't tell. Her cheeks burned with a blush as she shook her head. But his question sank to the bottom of her stomach and stayed there. She would have to examine that one later. She bit the inside of her lip, feeling a rush of recklessness. The scenarios Jerry had laid out were both worse and better. And she still had to do it sometime in the next 24 days? 23 days? She stood from the chair and pulled her shoulders back. All I ask is that you promise to give it five minutes of thought before you banish me. He frowned, but nodded. I promise. That was the best she could hope for, so she pulled on her fire, letting it rush up and over her as it jumped in excitement. Fire rushed along her hair and over her arms and legs, lighting her up like a living bonfire. I'm a fire starter. Jerry didn't move for ten long seconds. You're not just fire touched, you're an actual fire starter. Casey nodded. She cut the fire off and then raised a hand, letting it play over her knuckles, lighting her fingers up and then out with half a thought. She looked at the fireplace and the fire roared in response. Then she extinguished herself and urged the other fire back down. She sat in the big chair and curled her legs underneath her. She had made him promise five minutes and couldn't help mentally counting down. Were these her last five minutes of normalcy? Would she be allowed a bag or two of her things? She had two books of her own that she'd like to take. She ate a scone and refilled her tea with shaking hands. Jerry's gold eye whirled in his socket and she couldn't look. But there was a strange satisfaction that rose from finally telling her secret to another fae. She'd held this in for 30 long years from everyone except grandmother, and she had died 16 years ago. So for half of Casey's life, no other fae had known her secret. I know I promised to five minutes, Jerry said, but may I respond now? Yes, Casey swallowed the word. I understand your hesitancy to share this with another fae. Jerry's words confirmed Casey's fears, and it was hard to breathe. It would change a lot of things for you, and you're right to hold it close until your place in the library is secure. She blinked. I will revamp your magic lessons to adjust for your talent, Jerry continued on. How in the world did you learn anything from those household magic lessons while hiding a powerful talent? He shook his head. Casey tried to keep up with what Jerry was saying. Magic lessons continuing sympathy for how her magic had always misbehaved. Finally, she said, I, I don't understand, sir. Oh, he blinked. Because you have a talent, your magic, it reacts to the world differently than the other fae. And you have to learn how to tweak everything, which unfortunately is different for every talent class. Elemental talents are the hardest to teach if they don't have a fellow elemental teaching them. No, not, not that, she said, although she stored that information away. She had to understand what was happening, what he was exactly saying. You're not going to exile me? Exile you, Jerry repeated. Now I don't understand. I'm a fire starter, she said. Was it possible that he had misunderstood her? Yeah, he said. Our first fire starter in 300 years. It's going to be very exciting when you're ready to reveal it. My, my grandmother told me that fire starters go insane, she whispered. That we were hunted and exiled because we were so dangerous. Jerry's face went very still. That is only partially correct. 
some fire starters have gone insane. That not all of them. It's not a direct correlation, no more than any other mages. Her world was being upended. It was like going down a long slide from a mountain she'd built up in her head. I won't be exiled? She let a flame play over her knuckle, watching it glow. This wasn't a curse. Well, not unless you do something awful, Jerry replied. I mean, yes, you are extremely dangerous, but you're already trained and disciplined, he frowned. I can break the news to the queen when you're ready. See, that sounds bad again, she whispered. Well, you will become extremely desired by the high fae. She froze. I don't understand, she whispered. There hasn't been a high fae fire starter in generations, Jerry said. They'll see ya as your ticket to a fire starter. She put her head down on the arm of the chair and tried to breathe deeply.